History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we are speaking with Janine Epperay. Now, Janine and I are friends from way back at good old uh, Coffs Harbour Baptist Church. Janine and her husband, Lewis, used to be uh, elders at the church, and Janine's a worship leader, got an incredible testimony and story, and they're now CEOs and managers of Destiny Haven, a uh, wonderful rehab uh, in the uh, New South Wales area. It's great to have you on the line, Janine. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fantastic. How are you, Maddie? Really good. Now, it's been a long time since we've had a chat, and uh, I just am so blessed to hear that uh, the Lord's opened all these doors for you recently in ministry. Yeah. Um, but let's find out a bit about your story. For those who haven't heard, tell us a little about where you were raised and mm-hmm. uh, what was your testimony like? How did you come to Christ? All right. So I was brought up in a, in a Christian home. My dad was in high-profile ministry, but as a young child, I was abused by a friend of the family. And so I guess that caused me to have a distorted view of God. And so a distorted view of God is going to mean that you're going to find it very difficult to relate to him. So as I discovered in my teenage years, uh, you know, what was taught from the pulpit and what I heard, you know, from the Christians in the church arena was really not how I perceived God at all. I started to play music. I played the piano from a very early age. I started to write songs at about the age of 14. And so by the time I was 18, I was playing in Christian gigs all over, you know, all over Sydney. Uh, I was picked up by an agent for EMI Records or Castle Music Publishing, actually. And I was invited to go on their songwriting team. So that took me into... Um, into the industry, into the music industry. I was singing and playing all around Sydney initially and then was offered work all over Australia. So I was playing in, you know, five-star clubs and along with that scene, I got into the drugs. I guess for me, I didn't intentionally decide to become a drug addict, but what I discovered was that when I was stoned, I felt that I was more confident, I felt less self-conscious, I felt that I could cope with all of the feelings or numb the feelings that were negative that I really didn't want to experience. Uh, initially, the drugs just went along with me playing six nights a week, but they pretty soon it went from pot to cocaine to heroin. And by the time I was uh, 29, I was arrested for selling half an ounce of rock heroin to an undercover cop, and I was looking at 15 years jail. At that time, uh, instead of going to jail, the judge offered me uh, a 12-month rehab program. So I I went and did that and really wanted a relationship with God to be re-established. But uh, because of my distorted view of God, I wanted a relationship with him on my terms. I I wasn't convinced that I could trust this God and I wasn't convinced that... um, that he would have the best for my life because my view of him was so distorted. My view of myself and how I thought God saw me was totally distorted. So uh, I I went out of that rehab, I got a job, but but I went back to the drugs because that's what I knew, that's what kept me numbing the things that I really didn't want to deal with. So I guess, you know, that's kind of the past. You know, in 1994, uh, I was then with my now husband. We had a baby 
and the heroin addiction had got so bad. We were drug dealers in King's Cross. We'd been, uh, you know, by the time we got to a Christian rehab just out of Coffs Harbour, I was 39 kilos and my husband was 52. And he's a Maori, so he's a big, big bloke now. So he was, he was, you know, wasting away. We were both almost on death's door, certainly, because I'm five foot seven, 39 kilos is um, just about dead. Um, so we arrived there hopeless with, with no sense of that life could even change, but hoping upon hope that someone had some answers somewhere. And I guess in that place, they loved us back to life. And they loved us unconditionally. They accepted us. It didn't matter what we threw at them, how repulsive we were and you know how difficult we were. They just loved on us and showed us a side to God that I personally had not experienced in my life. And in that place, I discovered that God wasn't this distant, judgmental uh, being that sat up there and was not a personal God. I discovered that he was a God who was totally different to what I'd grown up believing, that he was a God that could be trusted, that he was a God that was a personal God that, that loved me to pieces, that saw me as a daughter and a princess of the Most High God, that saw me as someone with significance and worth, that before I was even born, he spoke to my spirit and said, I've got great and mighty things, as Jeremiah 1.5 says, for you to do. That blew me away. I'd never heard that stuff before. And so I came into a relationship with this God when I discovered, and the two most important questions that people really need to answer is, who is God and who does God say I am? Because when I answer those and get the right answer, it will change my life. And Janine, at that point when you were at this uh, Sherwood Cliffs Drug Rehab in Coffs Harbour, mm-hmm. uh, I think we met around that time at some stage. I remember yeah, I was yeah. at Coffs Baptist Church as yeah. the youth, youth pastor there, and, and I remember hearing you lead worship, mm-hmm. and I thought, that is a woman who loves God with all her heart. Mm. And, you know, you think of that verse that says, you know, to whom much is forgiven, much is required, and, yeah. you know, who's forgiven much, loves much. Mm. Um, tell us how... Uh, your your life changed after that encounter with God back back in those days. Did everyone notice the change in you? Oh, yes, absolutely. I think certainly, you know, we'd been drug addicts for so many years. So initially when you do a rehab, you know, family go, is, are they going to go back? Is it going to, you know, be for good? And I think, you know, it's in a relationship with the Lord that becomes real, that change is progressive. And so... We never went back to drugs, you know, after being drug addicts for nearly 20 years. Both my husband and I, we were radically changed in that place. And that that really, I guess, you know, was the driving force behind our lives from that point. So we lived for six years in community in Coffs Harbour, but then God called us to Bible College. We did a three-year degree at a a, a college called Worldview um, Intercultural College, which was a mission college. So we were determined that that was it. We were going to be missionaries to drug addicts. And we spent three months with a place called Betel in Spain, which is a, an organisation that rescues drug addicts off the garbage dump. So we went there and lived there for three months with our kids in, in the women's rehab. And the way that they did rehab was so radically different to anything that we'd seen in Australia. Um, and, and we, you know, we just were, we were determined. We absolutely believed that's where God was going to take us. But we finished college and God definitely closed the door. 
and he took us back to where it all began for us and we served for three years in the rehab that we'd got clean at and that was probably the most difficult thing in our lives because you know you're going back to where you got clean and um it was a um those three years were probably the most uh, critically learning times for us. We learned to submit to authority. We learned to submit to someone else's vision. And I think to be a good leader, you really need to learn to submit to someone's vision and let God germinate your own in a way that that, it, that teaches you real surrender to God and the, and the leaderships that God puts you over, um, puts over you, I mean, um, we we just knew that one day we would work with women. We had no idea how that was going to look. Um, so close to the end of that time, those three years in that rehab, I undertook uh, a counselling credential. So I got an advanced diploma in counselling. We did diplomas in alcohol and other drugs. And pieces of paper aren't important to me, but they are important to the world. Lots of do-gooding Christian organisations out there that where their staff don't have the training to do what they're doing and, and people look in and go, oh, yeah, well, they're really in the, you know. So we wanted to, to you know, we wanted to be a competitive organisation in the market that, that was a standard that people could say, wow, they're doing a fantastic job and they're Christians. And so tell us how Destiny Haven started. Mm-hmm. So a church had come to visit Sherwood Cliffs or the leadership of a church that had brought a property just out of, in the upper Hunter Valley. It was a 42-acre property. It had been a home for disabled people, so it was this empty facility that had two staff houses on it as well as this amazing facility that could house 16 uh, residents. And they had no idea what to do with it except that they had a heart for women. And so I guess they came to Sherwood to find out how they do rehab. They met us and... I guess the rest, it's a long story how we got here, but the the calling was very definite and they asked us to come, that church asked us to come and start a rehab for them. So we were very specific. We believed that in our lives we were called to live by faith, which means that none of the staff get a wage, and that the ministry would be a faith ministry, which means that we would trust God for the ministry, not getting government grants and funding and whatever. Um, And so the church agreed to that and we came and moved in on the property. After about a year, the as churches do, the leadership changed and the church decided they wanted to sell the property and we were given six months to vacate. Mm-hmm. God raised the money miraculously for us to stay here. Um, we owe the bank some money, but you know God has provided in less than five years, well, three years now, just over three years, um, you know, over probably $750,000 God has given us through different donations from people. Um, and that's enabled us to nearly own this property and it's a facility for women. So Destiny Haven is a residential life skills program for women with life-controlling issues. So we don't just deal with drugs and alcohol. We have girls that come with eating disorders, with the girls that are self-harmers and our, we don't have an age cut-off like a lot of facilities. So it's 18 and up. So we've got girls that are as young as 18 and we've got our oldest at the moment is 54. They all come with different issues. They all receive weekly counselling. They come in and become part of an extended family. So I guess we, our model is that we want them to be part of a family, to know safe men, which is why the men on the property are so important, to know what a, what a father looks like, to know what a good dad looks like, uh, to, to, to know that no matter what their attitude is, that they're going to be loved and accepted. 
Because when somebody gets that God, you know, absolutely delights in them, that he loves them, that, that their past is forgiven, but not just that, that Jesus died for all my sin, not just my past or my present, but my future up till the day I die. And that when God looks at me, he sees Jesus first, because when I become a Christian, I, Jesus lives in me, but Jesus is also covering me. And the Father looks on me just as if I've never sinned. So my sin might cause me to turn my face away from God, but from God's perspective, he still looks down and sees his pure, righteous daughter that he is absolutely delighted in. When you get that, it changes your life. And so our passion is that we would, we would from this place, women would see who they are in Christ how he sees them, because that will change them, and it does change them. Janine, you know, your story is, you know, quite close to mine too. I've, I've you know, followed you over the years, and I've, I've been following you, watching you, you know, uh, go through ups and downs over the years, but it's amazing how God has led you into so many uh, incredible areas. And, you know, recently um, we reconnected through the Rito Drug Rehab, a bunch of Spanish guys that have started a rehab connected to our church in Brisbane, and I've been seeing the work that they do, and it's tough work. It's not easy work. You know, I noticed you've got a, a diploma advanced diploma in counselling and family mm-hmm. therapy you've obviously been trained and you've obviously got such a great message to share um, so I guess we, we do have to wrap it up but if people want to find out more about Destiny Haven mm. the website's destinyhaven.org.au uh, you're also on Facebook yep. uh, and if people want to you know maybe people know someone that needs to go to Destiny Haven what's the yep. process they go through how do they get in contact You know. okay so they can go to the website and there's you know all the information newsletters some testimonials from the girls you you know, part of what we do is an indus- we, we've got a social enterprise so that we make lots of amazing gourmet products that get sold locally and all over the place now. Uh, and so, um, you know, the girls also learn trades. We, we do traineeships through funding that comes from different organisations. So lots of things. We're not just a rehab. We want girls to leave here with credentials. We want them to leave with, with a trade that they can then go and do something with. So that's part of why we're so unique as well. Um, you know, the application forms are on the website. Anyone interested, anyone needs to talk about it, they can just call us and one of us, one of the team is here to answer questions and talk to family members about, you know, if they've got someone that needs rehab. Yeah. So, well, but through the website is probably the first place or to go to Facebook and put in Destiny Haven and like our page and that keeps people up to date with all of the stuff that goes on week to week. Well, we're talking with Janine Epperay, founder and CEO and manager of Destiny Haven. Her and her husband, Lewis, uh, Lewis uh, run that wonderful ministry. And uh, uh, all those years back when we were at Coffs Harbour Baptist Church together, I remember you leading worship, these wonderful vineyard songs and Morning Star, and you just had such a, a, a raw uh, love for God in your worship. And uh, I've got to ask you too, are you going to you know, release an album one day? Uh, you know? Yeah? Someone fund it and I'll do it. Oh, okay. Well, there's a call. Anyone wants to uh, to support uh, Janine releasing a, a CD, it'd be great. And, of course, you do speak and travel around the country sharing your story a bit too, I hear. Absolutely. So if people want us to come and share about Destiny, we do that, and, and I usually sing when I do that. Wonderful. Well, Janine, I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks, Matt. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just go to historymakersradio.com. There you can download interviews, subscribe to the podcast, make a donation, find out about our YouTube channel and maybe connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. 
Just go to historymakersradio.com for more. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ through conversation to the nations of the world. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Matt Prater. Why don't you go and make history? History Makers.